Hello and welcome to MLW Confusion. I'm your host, Rob Cameron, bringing you all that you may or may not need to know about Major League Wrestling and its television programming. This week, oh man, I am salty. Um, MLW pulled the bait and switch on us, at least according to their Twitter, except they won't acknowledge that chunk of it. Um, it was announced that Fusion would be taking place at 8 central time. Um... And so I patiently waited for that, even though it's an hour late. And then, like, oh, changed our mind tweets. Uh, Intimidation Games will air next week instead. Here, enjoy, you know, last week's Fusion. And whereas last week's Fusion is a solid show indeed, I work in the now, or at least I try to whenever, you know, I'm in the booth recording things going over the week. Um... And so this puts me in a damper. Uh, you know, don't have uh, this is an ML, MLW-based show. I try to you know do the reviews and all that good stuff. But when there's nothing new to do, I'm in the lurch. Um, luckily, though, I do have a backup. I have an episode in the can from uh, catching up while I was on vacation. Um, so I did watch uh, MLW Fusion episode 138. Um, recorded the episode. And then saved it back, uh, put it up on the Patreon for uh, those who uh, are willing to help me try to upgrade my equipment and whatnot. And just kind of under the pretense that, like, I'm saving this for a rainy day. And today happens to be a rainy day where there's no new MLW programming this week. And I really do try to do what I can to put out a new episode every week. But... I also try to balance this out that, like, my job has uh, been really rough lately in terms of uh, how much time I have to put into it, and I'm kind of lazy and don't want to find something new to watch and report on. And then, obviously, like, it's at a certain level, like, for new listeners, like, that's kind of a weird bait-and-switch in and of itself. Like, hey, bring you all that you need, may or may not need to know about Major League Wrestling. Oh, by the way, we're going to talk about Ring of Honor this week. Okay, cool. Um, so, I do have an old episode in the can. It's fun. I did enjoy it. Um, so, we'll bring that to you with this brand spanking new intro. Um, we also got some news coming out of Kings of Coliseum, which is May 13th at the 2300 Arena in Philadelphia, 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 Pennsylvania. So nice. They had to name it twice, except they didn't at all, because it's not like, say, New York. Um... But really, on a, I guess, a serious note, whatever, the actual news of this is the Sandman is making his return to MLW after nearly, like, 20 years. Uh, he was part of the original incarnation of Major League Wrestling uh, and got to show off his wild brand of drunken, hardcore brawling. Um, and he's coming back next month at Kings of Coliseum. Uh, they haven't announced how he's taken apart, so I'm just secretly hoping he's the, like, commissioner for the show, the matchmaker, because I always wanted that. Uh, back in the day when he was on the Raw roster. Like, they had the Battle Royal for the general manager, and I was so hoping uh, Drunken Sandman would be the general manager of Raw. Uh, So if he can't wrestle, I'm hoping for Drunken Commissioner Sandman. In other news coming out of Kings of Coliseum, we will have the inaugural MLW Featherweight Championship decided. It will be Taya Valkyrie versus Holiday. Um, and I am two minds about this. 
first of all, uh, the competitors are incredible, you know, incredibly solid, even great, if you will. Uh, Holodead is uh, is undefeated in Major League Wrestling at this time. Taya Valkyrie, who's making her return to the promotion, is a world traveler uh, with a lot of respect to her name. Um, so on paper, this is going to be an, an excellent bout, uh, which is, you know, a great way to start off any title lineage. So looking forward to that, at least from a fan standpoint. Um, as a quasi-professional reviewer, on the other hand, uh, this little thing kind of drives me crazy at times of someone just wandering in and getting a title opportunity just based off of, you know, name value alone. And like, don't get me wrong. Taya has done so much to earn this, um, but not in Major League Wrestling. Uh, you know, again, she's a world traveler, you know, champion in promotions all over the world. Um, but I really like do think like the inaugural MLW featherweight champion should be someone you know currently homegrown per se. You know, someone that we know that has been around for a bit, help build the division. Like so, Holiday no problems with she's she was like the first match in the featherweight division uh however what has she done now what has she done for major league wrestling so i i you know where's willow you know where's the sea stars etc like these women you know helped you know put the featherweights on the map uh, at least in terms of like the televised product, um, and I feel like something like that. One of the, if we're just going to throw a match for the title, like it should be you know one of those folk, um, or if nothing else, or we can hold a tournament, you know, sign a sign in, bring a bunch of women in, you know, do an eight eight woman bracket, bam, like we uh, and we can do that that way as well, but you know. That's just me going in over my head, overthinking things, because that's what I'm here for, is to overthink everything instead of just letting you enjoy your professional wrestling. Um, with that, I'll just kind of back off and let past me ruin our love of professional wrestling. Um, get this thing out of the can, the spam of MLW confusion, if you will. Uh, so here is the lost episode for MLW Fusion 100. 38. Hey, everyone. Uh, it's time for another Confusion exclusive, and this time it's actually going to be, like, Confusion-related. Um, just trying to keep up on things after the combination of my illness in February and then uh, my mini-vacation in uh, March... Uh, and have left some gaps in programming, so I figured let's uh, do what we can to uh, plug those gaps, and so our exclusive this week is the review of MLW Fusion 138. Contra continues to implode, with the main event being the stairway to hell between Jacob Fatu and Mads Kruger. Um, and uh, you know, for now, this will be an exclusive. Maybe if we get plucky and I, I don't know, get sick again or something goes on, we'll plug it over and call it a real episode. But for the time being, like, this episode is just exclusive for all you guys who are willing to pay me money. So, rock on, guys. Let's uh, do a 
do a show. Uh, we'll skip the news because, eh, uh, don't have any big news in between Friday and, well, Thursday night at like 10 p.m. and this morning when I'm recording it. Um, but anyway, so Fusion 138, uh, we get a rundown promo of the Mads Kruger, Jacob Fatu feud. Uh, Kruger notes that blood will flow, and Fatu notes that he made Contra, and he'll be the one to take it out. We get our intro theme, and we are welcome to the show by Joe Drombowski and Rich Bocchini. We have the Stairway to Hell match tonight, uh, Cesar Duran's uh, ultimatum regarding Alexander Hammerstone, and of course, the big debut of Gangrel. We be fanging and banging tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, but first, Bud Heavy is in the ring, and tick-tock, it is time for the return of Killer Cross. He's he's different now, he's got a new hat. No, he's got hair now, so that, that's kind of new and unique for him. Um, he was in MLW for like all of 10 minutes, uh, pre-pandemic before he was signed to the WWE. He had a brief, uh, dalliance with American Top Team, um, and by dalliance I mean feud, of course, um, and then he got signed, so basically our last view of him was getting smacked in the back of the head with a baseball bat, um, and he's finally back now, so, but heavy, everyone's favorite punching bag, uh, so he's in a fun tag team right now with Gnarls Garvin, I guess. Maybe it's a tag team. I don't know. They had one match and then had some vignettes where they're hanging out together, but otherwise nothing else has come from that. Anywho, we have a match. We have a match to go to. We should talk about that. Uh, so Cross is all big and scary. And when Ali's back on the indies, like, he does look ba- <laughs> big and scary. It's, he's one of those guys that, like, like, don't get me wrong, he's a big dude, but... You know, when you're in, like, the WWE, and yes, the roster has gotten smaller over the years, but still, like, a lot of the folk are 6'3", 6'4", 250, and it's kind of hard to be the big scary guy when you're just as big as everybody else. Uh, So coming back on the indies, I think, definitely helps Cross's mystique um, in terms of the character he likes to portray um, in general. Uh, so he's got a handful of inches on Bud Heavy. Uh, Bud Heavy might actually have the weight advantage, um, but it's all in Bud's tummy because he is a heavy dude. Haha. <laughs> Anywho, uh, Cross offers the uh, a three strike rule and the first shot by uh, by Bud. Uh, so Bud gives him a solid punch. Cross no sells. Strike one. Bud hits a discus elbow, no sell. Strike two, Bud goes to bounce off the ropes for his strike three moment and eats a big boot because we're just tired of this already. Violence party in the corner, Saito suplex, uh, big elbow to the back of the head, takes Bud heavy to the ground. Again, uh, ref, uh, ref calls for the bell uh, after Cross mounts him and just keeps throwing elbows to the back of Bud Heavy. So your winner in dominant fashion, Killer Cross. Um, I guess before I do my review, the crowd is going nuts for this. And chance one more time for Cross. Uh, and he ob- obliges with another Saito suplex before leaving. Um... So this is really what you know we need for Killer Cross, like to kind of rehab his image after the whole Zardoz thing in the WWE. Um, However, like the dude really just needs to stick with the Saito, um, because uh, you know that elbow to the back of the head. I mean the the ref stoppage was fine, but like the 
I don't know, blade running elbow to the back of the head um, does nothing. Like, I mean, on one hand, it's, you know, a good strike can finish any fight. We all know this. But wrestling is also about theatrics. And yes, the elbow to the back of the head can come out of nowhere. But it just, I know, it's almost like Jericho's Judas effect. Where, like, yeah, in reality, like, it'll mess you up. But really, it's not, like, that impressive looking of a maneuver. And... Like, so it's kind of meh. I really, I really feel like, especially like Cross started off the match with a gnarly big boot. So I think if like he's gonna do something like strikey, like he should do something like that. Like he could have killed Bud Heavy with that, at least by looks with that, with that uh big boot. But I don't. know, We'll see what's going on. We'll see if Cross sticks around this time. I know that's kind of been an issue with MLW uh, recently. Is they're cool faux open door policy where people will be there for just one set of tapings and then go off to the next thing which on one hand you're an indie promotion that's fine not every indie promotion uh can give guaranteed slots um you know guaranteed contracts and whatnot but like uh you know i think cross in at this level you know could be a guy to keep around but we'll see we'll see what that uh, goes up with that we cut outside the arena the Von Eriks and the Morton family are meeting up. They're going to go get tacos. Uh, not a whole lot came from this, um, as we would later know that both teams would run afoul of Cesar Duran and be forced to wrestle each other, actually, this past week. Um, we also get a, an announcement that the Featherweight Championship is being commissioned, and we will see our first champion in the summer. Um, I hope... I really hope they do something with this. Um, you know, I... I and uh, this is, again, me being cynical overall, uh, but MLW likes to announce things, and then the follow-up to it is minimal, or at worst, underwhelming. And really, we haven't seen much of the Featherweights in quite some time, the last being Roxy and Miranda Gordy, which was probably not the best showcase for uh, women's wrestling. I guess if we're going to genreify it, women's wrestling. Um... But they really do like have like some interesting women uh, used in the past, uh, most notably Willow Nightingale and the Sea Stars. Uh, obviously, like Roxy had some upside. People are really high on her, but she's with the WWE at the moment. Um, but I don't know. I guess we'll just kind of play it by ear. Um, like everything else, like I'm not opposed to obviously gender equality, but you also, when it comes, especially with title ma- uh, titles, you have to have like a roster blend and. And at this particular moment, I don't feel that MLW has that sort of roster. But, you know, what do I know? Uh, we'll just kind of play it out of here. Maybe things will change up here in the future, uh, looking towards this summer. Anywho, uh, looks like Richard Holiday is on his way to meet with Cesar Duran. He runs into Mr. St. Laurent, who's pitching all sorts of microman-based media to him, specifically micro-brews, tiny little coffees with tiny little coffee beans. But, whoa, 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 it's Hammer. Alexander Hammerstone is back. He is attacking Richard Holiday, so I guess that technically answers Cesar Duran's ultimatum that at least uh, hammers alive in here at Fusion. Um, But we get to cut away from that. Los Parks are back in the Cochina. They're opening a restaurant. Some guy doesn't like the food there and gets beaten up for his efforts. Go team. Nope. 
next we're back in the ring gnarls garvin is out he gets the mic he is the best fighter in the south uh, he's tired of facing cans of corn in MLW. He wants real competition. And it is time to fang and bang. Gangrel is out. He is making his official debut in MLW. He will be taking on Gnarls Garvin in this quasi-open challenge type thing. Uh, the match starts off with a hot and heavy tie-up. They're just kind of rolling around the ring ropes uh, before taking the fight outside. Um, when they come back in, <laughs> Bud, or excuse me, Gnarls is getting the ring and get... And Gangrel just starts kicking the rope into Gnarls' dick just repeatedly. Gotta love that. Anything to the dick is our sense of humor, obviously, if you're listening to this show. Um, Gangrel goes for the Impaler, the Implant DDT, but gets dropkicked for his efforts instead. We go back outside the ring, and Gangrel just goes right for a low blow before taking out the sickle that he's brought, to him, uh, brought with him to the ring and just starts carving up. Garvin like a turkey. Oh, but we go to break and we come back. Well, being a vampire, of course, Garangel needs to drink said blood. Um, and so he is biting away at Gnarls' forehead where the cut is. Um, inside the ring, uh, Garvin tries to fight back, but eats a bulldog for his efforts. Garvin does try to mount another comeback, goes for a cross body, but just flops through the ropes. Like, that looked like it. That, that had to hurt because he just basically airballed Gangrel, who did the Harley Race Al Move bit, and just derped um, right to the arena floor. Uh, coming back in the ring, though, uh, after a big fight outside the ring, uh, Gangrel goes up top. Um, excuse me. Garvin gets uh, goes up top, gets crotched for his efforts, and then uh, Gangrel and him fight up top for a bit before Gangrel gets uh, knocked off the top rope. Uh, Gnarls goes for a big splash, misses it, get the implant DDT, the impaler, it is over. Your winner, Gangrel. Uh, just a really random match to be bloodletting, but you know, I'm never going to complain about blood, so I'll allow it this time. Um, but we'd be fanging and banging. Gangrel is here. Probably a one-shot, but, you know, that's a fun name for the past to bring in for no good reason. So let's just go with it. Let's have fun. Just have fun, man. Backstage, uh, TJP interrupts Cesar Duran. Uh, he's tired of carrying all these indie darlings through the open-door policy of MLW. Um, this kind of angling for a title match. Which upsets EJ and Duca, who feels like he is in a title match. He's been hanging out with Cesar up and at least until like TJP came in and interrupted everything. Um, so and Duca angles for a tag team title match, even though he doesn't have a partner. But he'll just take on fifty one fifty by himself if he has to. Uh, Cesar is handed a note in the process and mutters Hammerstone, and then just runs off. We cut to further backstage shenanigans as Holiday is continuing running and hiding when we find Mr. S Mr. St. Laurent again. So Mr. St. Laurent stops him and really, you know, hey, I need you to sign off on, the, on this Microman stuff when Hammer pops out and continues the stripping and beating of Richard Holiday. Um, we run down the April 1st card that includes a lucha lunch uh, this has already happened so we're just gonna kind of skip through it spin my notes around um, and we get footage since Cesar's out of the office Cesar, um, Savio Vega is sneaking around he has big beef 
with Cesar Duran, uh, sneaks into Cesar's office and goes rummaging around, uh, unleashes Microman, who was hiding in the office, who's evidently now a spy for Savio, um, and they both sneak off into the ether. All right, it is now time for our main event of the evening, Stairway to Hell, Mads Kruger versus Jacob Fatu. Oh... Contra continues to implode. Uh, they finally tell us like what a Stairway to Hell match is, and it's a bit closer to um, an ECW-style ladder match, where at most something is hanging from the ceiling, and you got to use a ladder to climb up and grab it. Um, evidently, the there's two in this match. There are two weapons, one chosen by each competitor. Um, both have fancy names that I chose not to remember because basically one's a shillelagh from Mads Kruger, and the other is a barbed wire kendo stick, which eventually the commentary tries to put over as some sort of like Samoan, you know, rite of passage weapon. Which I wasn't aware the Samoans had uh, barbed wire back in the day, but you know, you learn something new every day. Anywho, of course, since these guys hate each other, uh, they're finally doing something right. Start the match off before the bell rings. Uh, Kruger is trying to dive onto Fatu. Does catch it, though, but uh, after uh, Fatu stops to pick up a ladder, so he just crashes into the ladder in Fatu. That couldn't have felt pretty. Uh, Kruger really instantly just like goes back inside and sets up the ladder to get his shillelagh. Um, really, though, like... I'm not sure how things are fastened, and this is and this is not sarcasm. Like I, I actually can't, I couldn't quite see where the fastening came in on some of the objects. I know he had almost like untie uh, the shillelagh, but like he could almost reach the kendo stick without the ladder. Like I don't know if he could just yank it down or not, but that was kind of like, what well, you gonna go for the go for the kendo stick, man? Um, but anyway, uh, he got the shillelagh, but Fatu cuts him off. Uh, with a Samoan drop before he gets a chance to use it. Uh, the headstand moonsault is hit on a ladder, sandwiching uh, Fatu, the ladder, and Kruger, so that couldn't have felt good. But that's how much they hate each other. They're willing to kill themselves to kill the other person, so I, I, I like that. It tells a good story. Um, Fatu goes up the ladder, and Kruger just dumps him. Uh, they fight around the ring, and a chair is introduced to the mix as well. Uh, Fatu whips Kruger into the la into the like a setup ladder, and it just bounces repeatedly. That's a big like that's a sturdy ladder because Kruger just like bounced like two or three times off the off the ladder, like it was like a rubber band or like a trampoline. Um, with with this, enough damage has been done. Fatu gets up the ladder to get his kendo stick and just starts teeing off on Mads. Originally in like the midsection, but does eventually start doing headshots and poking holes in the skull of Mads Kruger. Oh, uh, we we get uh yeah, we get the break because we got some more ble bleeding to do. Um, Kruger's bleeding. We come back from break. We get the running hip attack into the corner by Fatu. And here, like, what might be, like, the crazy, like, visually, like, the one of the craziest bumps of the night, just of, like, nostalgia va value, but uh, it's a mixture of the Van Daminator and the Van Terminator, um, only without managers involved. So, for those of you not aware, the Van Daminator, uh, both these moves are originated by Rob Van Dam. Uh, the Van Daminator is usually a chair held by a manager, or you could do a toss, a toss it to your opponent, but, and then, like, some variation of a kick into the chair. So you're kicking the chair into the opponent. Um, so Fatu has uh, Mads stuck in the corner, puts a chair over his face, and then on the and then the Van Terminator is a variation of, like, a springboard, like, drop kick. 
um, usually with like a chair, like so just driving the chair into your opponent's face, like ring to ring, like or not ring to ring, but like coast to coast, pillar to pillar, uh, one side of the ring to the other, um, and basically, so Fatu puts a chair in front of Kruger, has a chair of his own, and jumps off the top rope and hits a drop kick into uh, Kruger, so just drilling him with two chairs and a drop kick, and like that was just crazy. It's only a two count though, like. Cray cray, man. It was crazy. The crowd is chanting for tables at this point. Fatu obliges. Uh, we get a fight on the ladder. And we got a super play through the table by Kruger. This only gets a two count. Um, and then the way like the kickout happens, Fatu then pins Kruger. Uh, also gets a two count. Uh, big swinging Uranagi for two by Fatu. Um, but when we get the distraction, um, Ikiro Kwan, the only other member of Contra proper, uh, is out. He has the shillelagh, slides it into the ring, and while he while Fatu Fatu is still, you know, distracted, turns around, and Mads just clubs Fatu right in the head. We get the full Nelson face buster, and that is your match. Uh, almost an upset, I would call it. I mean, say what you want about Mads Kruger, uh, who is mostly undefeated as well. Um, you know, Fatu, this is like only, like the only his like second singles match that he's lost. Um and so it's cray cray to see Kruger pick up the win here, which I guess if they're going to continue the feud, they, like you have to do this. Um, but Fatu is not down for long. Uh, he's got the chair, so he's just taking a swing at everybody they can make connections with. They're separated by security. Uh, we finally go backstage again with a mostly naked Richard Holiday uh, r- running for his life as Hammer pounces and strips like basically everything that isn't socks shoes and underwear um as holiday finally gets away uh dives into his limousine and drives away there so that is how our show ends with a mostly naked richard holiday scurrying like he's got a case of the limber tail as jr would say um really like outside of my uh, you know backstage you know uh, cynicism, uh, really, like, I think is a fun show, like, just a lot of just, like, random chaos for the sake of random chaos, and I am here for it, uh, it's kind of my wheelhouse in wrestling a lot of the times, um, so, like, weird speculation things aside, you know, you got Gangrel showing up and making people bleed for no reason, uh, the carnage of the main event, like, uh, Fatu and Mads, like, have really good chemistry, so even a match, like, comparatively speaking like this match is a bit kind of like lower lower energy than their previous affair but like still like they worked really well um you know the interest of the mat the ending was interesting again with fatu taking the fall um but you know we uh, no one stays uh, stays undefeated forever and so you gotta take your lumps here or there figuratively and literally in this situation uh, but we'll see how that feud continues on uh you know killer cross looking like a killer uh, Bud Heavy gets to make an appearance. Everybody loves Bud Heavy. So, fun show overall. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, time for me to scurry off. Um, and so, as an exclusive, just thank you guys for your support. If this makes it into the main rotation some year as I'm taking another vacation, you know, stay tuned for those plugs. And, I don't know, maybe I'll just re-edit the ending there and throw the plugs in. I don't know. Whatever. But thank you all for listening. Once again, I appreciate it. Fun show. Check it out on the YouTubes if you haven't. If you're not into the... If you haven't been watching uh, MLW programming. Um, but in the meanwhile, I will, you know, see you guys next week or, you know, whatever the next time happens to be.
MLW Confusion is a weekly podcast that is written and performed by Rob Kammer and hosted at Anchor FM. The background music for this section is Ruined My Day, performed by Alan Schroeder. If you enjoyed this podcast and would like to support, please like, subscribe, and tell your friends, family, and enemies. Leaving a review would also be helpful. Word of mouth advertisement, of course, is very important for us small podcasts. For my social media links, they can be found in the description below, but the Twitter and Instagram are both at the Nova of Cass, T-H-E-N-O-V-A-O-F-C-A-S-S, and Facebook is at MLW Confusion. If you'd like to support monetarily and help upgrade my equipment, please check out my virtual chip jar at www.kofi.com slash Casanova. That is C-A-S-S-O-N-O-V-A. If you'd prefer more bang for your buck, go to patreon.com slash Casanova, where for as little as $1, backers get access to the podcast early and without those pesky ads, plus other exclusive content. So head up the crew and join Maverick45, Alan Schroeder, and Keith Wynn, and check it out. You can also find t-shirts at whatamaneuver.net slash collections slash the Confusion Podcast. There's hyphens in between the Confusion Podcast, of course. And for other business inquiries, such as ads and sponsorships, please email me at rzkammer, K-A-M-E-R-E-R, at comcast.net. Thank you all for listening. <laughs>